Oh, I fucking love it. Oh, it's so good. That was uh, Dr. Chenard from uh, Hellraiser 2, and he finally becomes a Cenobite, and he says, to think I hesitated, because he fucking loves it. He fucking loves being a weird fucking creature Cenobite thingy. And this is the uh, Halloween sort of spooky podcast. We're going to try to do several this month. Uh, because I love Halloween, and Halloween is uh, my only religion. So we're sitting in my room, in my dark room, spider webs in the corners, uh, a tallow candle dimly lighting the room. Uh, and basically what we're going to be talking about today is um, Halloween. And we're going to be talking about horror movies and haunted houses and ghost stories and Anything uh, from my life that I would like to share with you that might be in the slightest bit, um, excuse me, Peanut. <laughs> uh, my my dog's name is Peanut. I keep uh, saying the wrong name because I do want to remain anonymous. That way I can actually say my actual opinions on things without any fear of reprisal. Uh, we're going to... Uh, call this episode the Halloweeny episode, and uh, we're getting that from the famous Pete and Pete episode where uh, they were running around calling people Halloweeners and Halloweenies. Um, um, and just to introduce this podcast, this is Biscuits Buttered with uh, Victoria Vandenberg, and I am dressed down in my best Elvira gear, and uh, I'm looking very sexy. Very sexy. Got the dark mascara on. Got uh, a very tight-fitting Elvira costume on. I think I'm going to have to lock up uh, Peanut because she keeps jumping in my lap right now when I'm trying to talk, which is interrupting the show. Can you hear her on the microphone? See, I put the microphone down there to her. She stops panting. Leave me alone. Leave me alone, dog. I'm going to have to stop this for a minute and then go put her up somewhere. I'm going to have to let her out of the house. All right, I'm back. Uh, sorry, I was rudely interrupted by my dog. Uh, me and Peanut just went down to my cabin uh, on the beautiful Black Warrior River uh, where I have a shack that I finished. It's basically a shed that I finished out. And uh, I had to cut several trees off the road because they had fallen over the road. It was just a mess of a day. And uh, been all over the place. I'm very tired. I did want to film, excuse me, don't know why I'm saying film, record a podcast before the end of the night because I've seen several great movies. I'm in the Halloween spirit and I want to share it with everyone. Uh, So here we are. Biscuits Buttered with Victoria Vandenberg. Um, went to uh, a restaurant earlier called Sakura in beautiful Jasper, Alabama. It's known for its aesthetic beauty. It's uh, kind of like going to Greece. It, it's a very nice uh, town there. They got in a, but I had good General Tso's chicken, and that's all that matters. So I've, I'm fueled on General Tso's chicken, diet sun-kissed, and we're going to talk about the new Hellraiser movie. So I just played that clip of uh, Dr. Chenard saying, to think I hesitated, which is one of my favorite scenes from any Hellraiser movie. We got a new Hellraiser movie. All right. 
Now, is it better than the last few Hellraiser movies? Yes, it is. But it lacks the artisticness and cinematic quality of the first two movies. I can't vouch for any of the other movies. The first two movies were cinematic masterpieces. They were artsy. They were beautiful. You could hear the beautiful music that they played every time a a Cinebite came out. You really felt like angels from hell were coming out of the woodwork and uh, torturing people. And that's really what was lacking from the new Hellraiser movie. I, I didn't, it felt kind of cheaply made. It felt like something that was maybe made for television. Well, it was made for streaming, but it, it just, it didn't feel like it had the same quality of craftsmanship as Hellraiser 1 and Hellraiser 2. Uh, I did like the new lady, the new sexy lady that's playing Pinhead, uh, Jamie Clayton. And uh, I don't like her voice. They, they had to do some computery shit with her voice. And to me, it didn't sound that great. Uh, let's see. I did have a meme of all the new, all the new Cenobites. Okay, one of them's called The Weeper. Uh, one of them's called The Gasp. Uh, another's called The a Sphinx. Because I guess it's asphyxiating and it's a sphinx. I don't, I don't know. I, the mask. The chatterer. Which the chatterer. I don't like the new chatterer. Uh, and then the mother. And uh, I forget which one they called vagina neck. I guess it's the gasp. I don't know. But uh, yeah, they're weird Cenobites. Uh, I just don't understand why we can't make stuff look as good as it used to. You know, on screen. But uh, to me, the... It's a basically if great value brand like the Walmart great value brand or the Kirkland's brand <laughs> jeans, if they said, Hey, we're going to make a Hellraiser movie. That's what this feels like. But having said that, um, it is a good compared to the past cut few. It's not in day way better. It's actually entertaining. It's good. Uh, I enjoyed it. I had to, is a new iteration of it. This is a new thing. You got to judge it on its own merits. You know, it's just like uh, the band Pussifer. Okay, when I first heard Pussifer, I didn't like it, but I was judging it by the standards of Tool and Perfect Circle, and thinking, why couldn't it be more like Tool and Perfect Circle? Well, it's because it's not. It's its own band, and once you judge it on its own merits, it's very good. It's very good. Um, so. I think they did a good job. Uh, I think it could have been better. I wish they would um, get some better. Um, uh, who, who's that director that did The Norseman and all these fucking crazy movies? They should have got him to do it. He would have done a good job. He's about to remake Nosferatu. I don't. I don't know why. Uh, I mean, there's already been plenty of remakes and they've all been good. Um, but he's going to make another one. So good for him. Um, but you know, I wish, I wish Clive Barker was still in good health. Uh, he's saying that he's been inspired to write another, uh, Hellraiser book and I'm hoping he does. Uh, I haven't read the Hellbound Heart in a long time, but I loved it when I did read it. And, uh, he's an incredible, Clive Barker is an incredibly talented person. If there was anyone that I'd point to and go that motherfucker 
is a renaissance man. It's Clive Barker. I mean, he has fantastic paintings. He's made fantastic movies. He's written great novels. He's done everything under the sun, uh, including, you know, <laughs> having some cringe pictures of him with his shirt off on the back of his books. Everything he does is like amazing. But, um, you know, he just is really an incredibly talented person that doesn't get the um, credit he deserves. Like if I tell people in Alabama that I read Clive Barker, they freak out. They really freak out because of all the, you know, in his books, there's a lot of like weird sexual stuff and weird gory stuff. And uh, I think people are just kind of freaked out by anything sort of um, um, freaky. People just kind of freak out about here. Um, okay. So the, the music in the new movie is just bad. The old music was just so it, you know, there's like an orchestra playing. It felt so good. And the new music is just not good. And I feel like, I don't know if they were, if they did have Clive Barker coming in and, um, uh, you know, giving them advice, uh, because I feel like Clive Barker is so much more artsier than this David Bruckner that, um, uh, directed it. Uh, but David Bruckner's made some good films. Um, I, I don't view the new Hell It's probably not his best work because I have seen David Bruckner's older films. He has a film called um, The Ritual, and I really loved that one. And that one did not get any, no one really gave it any credit. Uh, it's a very underrated film. Uh, basically, these guys lose a friend, and the friend had wanted to go on this uh, some kind of hiking trip up in Sweden or somewhere. And, uh, you know, they're just, you know, they're just old blokes at the old pub, you know, and they're like, well, fuck man, we got to go to Sweden and honor our friend who wanted to go on this hike in, in Sweden. And they go up there and it turns out there's Wendingos <laughs> or something similar to what a Wendingo would be. And, uh, I feel like that's David Bruckner's best film. I hadn't seen all of them, but, uh, I believe in my mind that that's his best film, but I will be trying to look into more of the stuff that he's made over the years because uh, he does seem to be a talented person. Let me pull up his um, IMDb. Yeah, he's done another movie called Southbound, and he's done another movie called VHS. I will probably be checking those movies out as soon as humanly possible. And what I mean by checking them out is not going to movie gallery because we can't do that anymore. Uh, I will be uh, pirating them online. All right, so, um, you know, as I talk about a lot on this podcast, I just want to um, spend a little time and mention uh, a great, a great woman who lived in Alabama, and she wrote 13 Ghosts and Jeffrey, and her name was Catherine Tucker Wenham. And when I was a young man, she lived down in Selma. And when I was a young man, I'd read these ghost stories. And that's really what got me into like, I guess, uh, horror movies and ghost stories. I, I was reading about all these weird stories she would have. She would go out and interview people and uh, write, write up stories about, you know, um, she'd go to a hospital and people would see Jesus's face in the wall or, 
you know, where they would see a face in a glass window somewhere. You know, there's just so many stories that would be, you know, there's an old story about uh, there was a hole that you couldn't feel. Like anytime you'd like try to fill it up, it would, uh, and I don't, I don't know if that one was her story. I'd have to look it up. But anytime you'd try to fill up this hole, uh, it would uh, remain empty when you come back because apparently someone had um, been hung there above where the hole was. And um, for some reason, you know, that's where their feet were kicking. So uh, I don't know. Something like that. It's the feet kicking the dirt out. I don't know. So, um, you know, she's just uh, an Alabama legend an Alabama legend and we should honor her and remember her in October. And that's why I'm mentioning her now. Um, Oh, I did forget. um, Email me at biscuits, buttered at proton mail or excuse me, biscuit biscuits, buttered at proton.me is I believe the uh, email address with any questions, concerns, anything you want to tell me, please uh, email me. Even if it's to um, bitch me out about something, go right ahead. I'm I'm fine with it. Um, I want to go on a ghost tour or a ghost walk. There's lots of ghost walks. There's this um, odd lady in Florence who uh, does ghost walks called uh, Deborah Glass, and she likes cats and alcohol and. Uh, Beaches and wine and uh, adult erotica. Uh, she writes adult erotica, I think. She she writes romance novels, which is like basically porn for women. I, I don't know how women... I don't know. I don't think I could read something and get off to it, but a, a lot of women do. I come into work, women are sitting there reading romance novels, getting all into it, and I'm like... Oh, this is work, people. Like I don't. Okay. Anyway, but she does ghost tours when she's not writing um, adult erotica. Um, and I've always wanted to go on a ghost tour with her and see and hear all of the tales of ghosts in Florence, Alabama. And Florence is a little spooky. You know, when you walk around downtown, it's a little spooky down there. You know, you walk around, there's the old houses and uh, it has the, you know, the weird, you know, you look up at the windows and see that it's like that weird old glass that's not quite, you know, flat. (laughs) It just gives a weird effect through the window. Like you can tell the glass is so much different than the stuff we use today. And uh, yeah, I could definitely see... Uh, ghosts haunting Florence and uh, even UNA's campus is kind of creepy uh, at night time and at other places and um, anyway always wanted to go on a ghost tour with her and there's another ghost tour in Birmingham where they take you around and take you to different uh, hotels and things that's happened in Birmingham and I would love to do that one I did a ghost tour in New Orleans once and it was um, kind of not good because the guy that did the ghost tour was, he kind of reminded me of Pendulette. He's like this huge dude, had long hair. He looked exactly like Pendulette. And um, 
he was trying to like scientifically prove there were ghosts and it was just it was kind of annoying because I couldn't get lost in the I like you know I'm sort of a rationalist I'm sort of an atheist um, but I like to get lost in a story and uh, he was dragging too much science into it you know <laughs> and I'm just like I'm gonna go get drunk this is New Orleans fuck this guy and that's what I did. I left the ghost tour and went and got smashed, which I could tell that story on another podcast. So we have a new, um, another person we have to do a shout out to is Ann Rice. Um, she is a national treasure and she passed away this year. And uh, they finally got a show made out of Interview the Vampire. And I seen the first episode last week. Fucking loved it. I mean, I really loved it. Um, they, they, I, I wasn't sure. You know, when I first seen the trailer, I was like, "This is gonna be trash." When I first seen the trailer, did not look good. There was just some of the clips where I forget the guy's name that was in Game of Thrones uh, was talking. It just didn't seem like the like the uh, dialogue was written very good. <laughs> it's not written good like you know my show. Um, so. I watch it. There's so much blood. There's so much gore. There's so much sex. There's New Orleans, which is uh, my spiritual center of healing. Okay? If I want peace, if I want healing, if I want to feel it, my church, when I go to church, it's New Orleans. Okay? If you're in the French Quarter, that is church for me because it's just, there's something magical about being there that I've always loved. Um, you know, last year we went down, uh, or no, not last year. This, this was like two or three years ago. Shit. Time flies by for me. And I went to the crew de Vue and, uh, we went and ate at, uh, two jacks and, uh, fucking, of course they've moved it now. It used to be in this really old building. And it's like one of the oldest restaurants in new Orleans. And, um, you know, there, when you walk into the bar, which I think their drink they serve as a grass. I think it's called a grasshopper is their famous drink. And they have like the oldest standing bar in uh, new Orleans. And, um, uh, there's this very intimidating picture of a ginormous man on the wall who was a patron of the restaurant. Or what do you call it? A proprietor of the restaurant. And, um, you know, you walk through and then you go into this other room that's got like, uh, mirrors all over the wall and, they bring you out huge loaves of bread and just gumbo and just, oh, it's just, it's an experience. If you're ever in New Orleans, go into Two Jacks. Um, I'll eventually get back to interview with a vampire. I'm just having fantasies of that. I need to just transfer down there. I don't know why I don't live down there. Well, anyway, it's probably going to be under the sea <laughs> 20, 30 years. Well, uh, you know, and I love, I used to, every time I'd go there, I've had a, like a little love affair with it. Every time I'd go, I'd visit, um, uh, oh God, I'm having a brain fart around the middle of this. Uh, I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that story. Uh, <laughs> uh, hold on. I'll just look it up. Let me just look it up because I'm, I guess I've done too much today and, uh, I'm just having a brain fart. 
we'll say uh, oh yeah okay so every time I go down there I visit Maria Laveau's grave um, and uh, you know used to you could just walk into the cemeteries down there but now these assholes have made it where you have to be with a tour I guess people were fucking up the graves and vandalizing things but you know you would go you could just walk around take pictures and just uh, I could sleep in that graveyard St. Louis Cemetery 1 I could sleep in that cemetery I just love it so much and you know, people would go and write X's and O's on her grave and all this stuff. And uh, every time I'd go there, I'd take a picture with her and uh, try to spend some quality time on Maria Laveau because that's the kind of city it is. You know, they have all these weird cemeteries with statues of angels and just pyramids and, you know, just wonderful stuff. Uh, and I, I'm a big fan of cemeteries. I'm hoping in the next year uh, the pound is down because our, the economy's collapsing, and now the dollar's more than the pound. So I'm hoping to take a trip to London next year, and they have a cemetery that I believe is called Highgate Cemetery, High, something like that, and it has like Karl Marx and all these different people in it, and it looks like you're walking through a, like a movie set for like a Victorian movie. I mean, it's so fucking gorgeous, and I'm hoping next year to be able to actually go into that and walk around and meet Karl Marx. <laughs> hmm. Well, anyway, back to Interview with a Vampire. They did a great job! God damn it! And uh, one thing I discovered while watching it is Eric Bogosian. Uh, is that the way you say that? Eric Bogosian who I think was in um, talk radio or something. You know, he's real big in the 80s. And um, he really nailed it in this. He's a very good actor. I love seeing him. But I have a conspiracy theory. This is where I'll get real low. I'll get real low. Anthony Bourdain did not die. He has always been Anthony Borgosian. And basically... Discovery Channel and Food Network and all these channels got together and they said, Eric Bogosian, we need you to play this character called Anthony Bourdain. We want you to come on here. We want you to travel the world. We want you to eat great food, have great conversations, meet fucking amazing people. And we're going to film it and put it on TV and people are going to fucking love you. And guess what? Guess what? You're, you're going to marry Asia Argento, Daria Argento's daughter, and uh, then she's going to get into a little trouble, and you're going to off yourself. And that's the storyline to our show. And we're going to make millions of dollars off of this. And that's what happened. And now, since that gig is over, Eric Bogosian decided to go to interview with a vampire. And um, he's really good on it. He's really good on it, but he is Anthony Bourdain. That is my conspiracy theory. And I, I just realized how uh, mean this is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize for that joke. It's not even a good joke. But they're so similar. Their voice, their looks, they're very similar. I mean, his voice is basically the same voice as Anthony Bourdain's. 
So uh, look it up. That's the conspiracy theory. Eric Bogosian is Anthony Bourdain. And it was all a script. It was all it was all a friggin' plot by the Food Network uh, to make Eric Bogosian cool. Okay. Uh, and that Asia Argento thing, well, we probably don't need to get into that. Uh, but look, or is it Asia? I think it's Asia Argento. I'm saying it wrong. Asia Argento. I think that's how she pronounces it. So that kid, well, okay, she she fucked a young man. All right, she fucked a young man, and then he went around like spreading it to the media, like, oh my god, she raped me. And it's like he releases the picture and he's sitting in bed. She's asleep. He's sitting in bed with her and he's fucking got a huge smile on his face. As you should. You just nailed Aussie Argento. And you should be thankful that you got to fuck Aussie Argento. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, and now he's like complaining about, oh my God, I was raped. Oh, I, I bet he doesn't sleep at night. I bet he doesn't sleep at night. And then poor Anthony Bourdain doesn't want the heat. And he just decides to check out. I don't know. I don't know if that's why he left. I don't know. I don't know if that's why he left the party. I just know that uh, she was probably... Look, I'm not defending her. I'm just saying the guy claiming that she's some kind of predator. I'm not so sure about that. He kind of seems a little predatorish himself, a little toxic himself, especially in that picture where he's smiling, taking pictures of her while she's asleep. Um, but anyway, uh, I'll probably have to apologize for this rant next week, but we're going to deal with it. So we want to talk about great haunted houses in the Alabama area and the area that, you know, I'm all over the South. I'm, I'm, I'm a truck driver. I'm all over the South. So we're just going to talk about haunted houses. Oh, man. Diet Sunkissed. It is Elixir of the Gods. Okay, so I want to talk about the the death of Sloss Fright Furnace. Um, so basically, um, the mayor of Birmingham, uh, not, not up to his best game lately. That's all I'm going to say on that. He is not up to his game lately. He's out, he's in Belize with his wife or girlfriend, whatever, and he's he's just taking his eye off the game. He's not sharp right now. He's not sharp. Um, I know he's worrying about Birmingham Waterworks always raising rates and shit like that, but he needs to focus because the Furnace uh, National Historic Society, or whatever it's called, will not let Sloss Fright Furnace happen this year, which was my favorite haunted house because you it was like a haunted house, only you're walking through this old furnace. They don't even have to do any... <laughs> it's like it's already creepy as shit. They just need actors to be in there to scare you. You know, and they would play old movies. They would have a freak show. They'd have palm ratings. They'd have all this food and vendors and cool shit. And you could just spend the whole night there. I mean, it was so great. You'd go in, you just spend the whole night there hanging out, enjoying yourself. And the uh, furnace, um, the national historic furnace people were just like, nah, we don't want it to come back after the pandemic. We want to part ways. 
And I, I just think that's a terrible decision. I've spent the past 20 years going to this haunted house and really was looking forward to it coming back. You know, Sauce Fright Furnace, they have all kinds of events there. They have Pride there. They have uh, Furnace Fest. They have all these different things. But then they won't even let us have the haunted house, which is at night. It doesn't even affect the tours during the day. So I just think this is a horrible decision. And I, I hope those fucking people, um, I hope they lose their jobs or seat on the board or whatever it is because they suck. They, they suck. So what am I going to do? Am I going to go to Aatrox Factory out in Leeds? Um, I did enjoy my time at Aatrox Factory. Uh, I've been out there um, once or twice. Uh, you got to watch it, though. The, um, the people that they have out in the street guiding the traffic, once you give them that little glow stick where they're waving people around, I don't know what it is about giving them that glow stick. They lose their fucking minds. Like they think that they've just been handed a sheriff's badge or something. And they'll be like trying to boss you around and yell at you and shit like that. It's like, no, fuck you. You have no power. You have a glow stick. You're 14 years old. Go fuck yourself. That's my only complaint as far as Aatrox Factory goes. I enjoyed myself out there. Uh, there's another haunted house out in uh, Killen called Arx Mortis. I have went out there, God, way back in the day, back, you know, back when it first opened, back when probably 2003, 2004, but I haven't been out there in forever. I might try to take some time and go out there. Everyone says it's good. Uh, there's Warehouse 31 in Pelham. I enjoyed that. Um, uh, and as far as Alabama haunted houses, those are the only ones I've really been to uh there's netherworld in atlanta which is fucking huge and uh last time i went i didn't enjoy it as much as i had previously one time me and my friend went out there the first time we went we loved it we we waited like two hours in line and they played all this great like gothic music and they had a dj and we just had a blast just in line you know i mean it was quite an experience uh, so if you ever get the chance, go to Netherworld in Atlanta. And and I and this is another thing, uh, this next thing I want to talk about. There was a haunted house in Atlanta where they would actually touch you. They would actually like push you and get in your face and fuck with you. And it had like drag queens and like really huge people that would like run at you and like, you know, grab you. And um, I, I don't remember what it was called, but me and my friend went there. Me and my friend Birch Chili went there, and um, I can't remember for the. And I mean, it was in Atlanta. It was like I want to think near downtown, um, but I can't for the life of me remember. It, oh, it was near. Um, what was that venue? There was a music venue in Atlanta. Oh fuck! I can't. I can't remember what it was. The Masquerade. It was near the masquerade. If anyone knows what that is, email me at biscuitsbuttered at proton.me because I would really like to know uh, what the fuck it, it, it was because that was one of the funnest haunted houses I'd ever been to, uh, mainly because it was just so much different. You know, like they took the risk of that, you know, because nowadays 
take you know touching people that that's pretty fucking risky doing shit like that um so we're gonna do several podcasts like this but i was just you know i just write down things and i'm like i'm just gonna get in front of the microphone and talk um we're gonna talk about do you believe in ghosts do you believe in ghosts I, I don't and I do all at the same time. Like if if you if you like I say I don't believe in ghosts, but then like I've had weird moments. I've had things that happened. Um, and if someone's telling me a really good story, all of my skepticism, all of my rational thought just melts away, and I'm like I'm a believer. Uh, one one of the stories I'd love to tell is uh, about you know one time I was in. Um, so on vacation in Hill City, South Dakota, which is a cool little town uh, near uh, Mount Rushmore. And there's like an art colony there. Check it out. Or a little art, you know, uh, group that makes cool art there. A lot, you know, it's kind of like a little artsy town out there in South Dakota. Well, I stopped in at this restaurant in Hill City and this woman comes up to our table and she's our waitress, and she gets our drink order and our appetizer order, and she's like, do you believe in Indian spirits? And, you know, just stone-cold silence. Stone-cold silence. You know, my mom, my dad's with me. We're like, what? (laughs) Took us off guard. You know, it's the middle of summer. We're not, you know, we're not thinking about stuff like this. Yeah, all I was thinking about was getting some food, and she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Never mind, never mind. I'll I'll come back and get your order here in a minute." Blah blah blah, you know. And and I'm like, "No, hold up. You can't you can't just walk up to the table and say, do you believe in Indian spirits?' And then just act like everything's okay and normal. You you we want to know what you know." We want to hear these stories. And uh, so she, she's like, okay, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll take your, take your orders. And after you eat, I'll come back and I will tell you about uh, my stories. So, you know, we eat some, we eat a big old heaping helping plate of mountain oysters. And uh, then this lady comes back and she has her phone with her. And she tells me and my parents that her pets, her deceased pets who are buried in her yard, visit her from the dead. I mean, this this really happened. This was a real story. And uh, she says, yes, they visit me all the time. I'll be in my kitchen or in my house and I'll... I'll hear panting or I'll hear something walking around and and then I'll look over in the reflection of the oven or in the oven or in the reflection of the refrigerator and I'll see the reflection of my old pet. And I was like, wow. Like, okay. And you know, I could tell she really, you know, believed this. And she was like, and I have pictures. And I'm like, uh, Okay, and like, so she pulls out her phone, 
and she goes through and she has like dozens of pictures of reflections of like shadows and and like animals and you can kind of make out an animal's face in like a refrigerator and any type of shiny object and there'll be like a picture of uh shadows on her porch and all this stuff and apparently she will hear stuff out on her porch she'll hear somebody walking around or she'll hear somebody sitting down in a seat and rocking chair and um she'll say it's an indian she claims it's an indian uh spirit visiting her at her house and who just likes to come sit on her porch apparently <laughs> you know and i'm like okay do you have any connection to this guy but yeah, so she really believed that story, and um, and I got kind of creeped out about it because I could tell she really believed this, and um, I almost wanted to go to her house with her because uh, it was very interesting. And I've always thought that that was a really creepy story from Hill City, South Dakota. And if that lady's listening, email me at biscuitsbuttered at proton me. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, I don't believe in ghosts, but I believe in ghosts. Okay. I've had weird moments where, you know, after people die, uh, I, I have a, a weird, um, what do you call it? I've never seen a ghost, but I have felt presence, right? So, you know, I remember after my grandmother died, I couldn't even stay in the living room. You know, she always hung out in the living room. I couldn't even go in the living room because I would feel her watching me. I mean, it was really, I mean, it felt real, you know, at the time. I don't know if it was real, but it felt real. It felt like somebody was there with me watching me. And that, that's all I can describe it as. It just felt like a presence was in the house and it was watching me uh, right after my grandmother died. And I felt the same thing after my mother passed away. Um, I could just feel her watching me in the house. I know that's a weird thing. It might be all psychological, but it just, there's this overwhelming feeling that someone is there with you in the house. And I actually thought I heard my mother's voice one night uh, yelling at me <laughs> to get up. And um, so, you know, and I hear, you know, I've got an older house and I can hear like, steps and things like that but usually it's just an old creaky house so i don't think much of it but i have felt the presence of something with me before so am i still a rational atheist i don't know maybe maybe not and maybe that's all in my head that's the thing it might all be it's just death fucking with me you know death's a horrible thing and uh maybe it just fucks with you after someone dies um uh, especially someone so close because it only happens when it's someone. Well, I, I did have a friend who passed away um, who I would have weird dreams about after he died. And I don't know why, because he wasn't really, me and him weren't really that close, but I did talk to him and knew him. And well, anyway, maybe there are spirits. Who knows? Um, and I am, I've gotten to where I believe a little bit in bad juju is what I'm going to call it. Uh, several years ago, I went to the, uh, Bell Witch Cave in, um, in, uh, Tennessee and, um, it, um, first off, 
I really do believe there's something to it up there. There, there's something not right up there. Uh, because even the people that ran the Bell Witch Cave, like when we got up there, they were so incredibly rude at the Bell Witch. I mean, just complete assholes to the point where I wouldn't even suggest ever going up there. And I'm like, why? There's just like a negative energy once you get onto that land. Um, I mean, just everything from buying the ticket to the tour guide to all these different people were just so rude. And um, so, uh, and I, I'm kind of an asshole. So if you're rude to me, I'm kind of a loudmouth asshole. I'll be rude to you. <laughs> and I was rude to this girl who was giving us a tour uh, because she was very mean to me. And uh, I think um, I bummed everybody out because I started, you know, being really mean to her. Well, anyway, so, but she deserved it because she just, uh, just out of nowhere was just started messing with me. So, well, anyway, you know, they take us through the replica of the cabin and then they, uh, you know, and when we're in the cabin, she's saying stuff that's just irking me. And then we get down uh, into the cave and we walk through the cave, which has like the remains of um, um, Indian remains, uh, Native American remains in the um, cave. And we walk all the way into the back. And before I leave, I reach down and I grab a rock. Okay, don't do that. Don't grab a rock out of the cave. It's bad juju. I took that thing back home and I had one of the worst years. I don't even want to get into it. I'm just telling you, I had one of the worst years of my life after I brought that rock back. And um, I think I eventually disposed of it in the Black Warrior River. Um, because, I mean, it really, like, it was just bad thing after bad thing after bad thing after bad thing. And uh, I'm just now recovering from all that badness. You know, uh, I've had a good year this year. I got a fucking great job last year. And um, everything's been going good so far. So I'm hoping that all that, that dark cloud that was over me is gone. <laughs> um, I watched uh, Hocus Pocus. I don't know if I covered this earlier. I watched Hocus Pocus 2. I don't... I don't quite care for it. It's all right. I'm sure if you're a kid, you're going to love Hocus Pocus too. So don't don't um, hate on me too much about Hocus Pocus too. But uh, the original was amazing. It was great, and the second one's just eh. And maybe I need to re rewatch the original because a lot of people who've never seen it watched it and were like, I don't see what the big deal is. Well, when I was a kid, I fucking loved it. But they'll they'll most likely love this new one. I didn't care for it. I didn't think it was that great. You know, I wasn't such a, if they make a third one, I'll watch the third one. I mean, that's just who I am. I'll watch it. I'll take my vitamins. All right. Um, I don't think I did write down UFOs here. I don't know if we got enough time to go into UFOs. <laughs> Maybe we'll go into UFOs on another uh, episode. Uh, I said I was dressed like Elvira earlier. I, I'm actually lying. I'm actually wearing my uh, alien shirt, my alien and UFO shirt that I got from uh, Roswell, New Mexico. Um, several years ago, me and dad uh, drove, and it's from Albuquerque. It, it's a pretty good drive down there. I mean, I think it took us almost four. I mean, it was 
three and a half hours, something like that. It's, it was rough. Um, we got down there and they have like museums for uh, UFOs. And, you know, it's really fucking amazing because they have all this cool shit about movies that have been made. Uh, Betty and Barney Hill, you know, they, they have pretty much everything you would want for UFOs there. Uh, pretty good town, bigger town than I thought it was. I was picturing something much smaller. And I guess it's, I don't know. It felt a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and the museum, um, I don't know if it's worth a three and a half, four hour drive from Albuquerque, but I did enjoy it. I'm glad to be able to say that I went there and, um, I learned about, um, I don't even remember what the name of it was. There was, you'll learn about a lot of movies you didn't even know about. Like there's this really weird UFO movie with Christopher Walken. And for the life of me, I can't remember the name, but, uh, there's just something off putting about that movie. I watched it and I'm like, this isn't even scary. This is just off putting. I just don't, I can't process what's happening here. And I just, I feel icky. And I just want to get this out of my memory because it didn't feel as much like a UFO movie as it did just someone having a psychological break kind of movie. So uh, we'll, we'll save, we're going to save all the UFO stuff because there's so much, UFOs are hot right now. They're actually called UAPs now. And uh, there's so much stuff going on with that that um, other podcasts are covering, but I want to cover it too, because I've been enjoying hearing about these, uh, you know, even Congress is talking about it. So we could have a whole episode just on UFOs and that's what we might do. (laughs) So uh, I hope everybody's had a good week. Uh, Remember biscuits buttered at proton.me. Email me any questions, concern, anything you want me to talk about. Um, Be my pen pal. Just email me for Christ's sakes. Uh, This is Biscuits Buttered with Victoria Vandenberg, and I will do another Halloween spooky kind of podcast again. Um, And there's other things that I wanted to talk about this week, but we will save it for another podcast. And I bid you adieu.